talk to you about Christian comportment and what that looks like in the world. Don't ever get tired of hearing the truth. I mean, don't ever get tired of hearing the truth because it is a truth that will make you free. And I do know that set free has its place also. Uh, set free has a place uh, in our vocabulary, but made free is a lot better than set free. You can, you can set a, a person with a slavish mentality free, but they're still a slave. But if you make them free by changing who they are and what they have been, then you have done a more substantial job. And Jesus has made us free. And we have to understand that. The subject today is can I be like Jesus part two. Can I be like Jesus? I've heard a lot of times people say things like, well, I'm not God. Or I'm not, I'm not Jesus you know, they say things like that, to say that they are fallible, that they have the possibility and the likelihood of failure. And even though we are in process and we have this um, possibility of failure, we can be like Jesus. Amen. You know, I, I think we sometimes or oftentimes underestimate the Holy Spirit. We totally underestimate the fact that God and his amazing and infinite plan has given us God. He's given us his spirit. When he gave us his spirit, he gave us himself. Therefore, he gave us God to live in us, in a human vessel. And we need to know what that brings to us. As a matter of fact, this is, I felt like I was going to go in some direction. It's not an aberrant direction, a bad direction. But I felt like I might do that. But uh, when I was sitting there, I just wanted to pray for everybody in the house. But what God has done is he has given us something that is undertold. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know if that's a good word, but it's not told enough. So I'm going to call it it's undertold. <laughs> and, so, and that is that. When he gave us the Holy Spirit because of Jesus' sacrifice, he did something that I don't think I ever heard in most of my life, and that is that he brought us into the, the fellowship of the Trinity. And, and that's a huge thing. That means that mortal men and women can now commune with God because of the blessing of the Holy Spirit. So now we have in this vessel, this body, spirit talking to spirit, to the Almighty God. We could not reach God without it, without some aid of the Holy Spirit. And in the Old Testament, you find that believers were aided by the Holy Spirit. But in the New Testament, something happens, a great transference in that we we were not just so much aided by the Holy Spirit, but we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And so we ask the question, can I be like Jesus? I think the question uh, that we often ask is, can I be like Jesus? And the answer is absolutely. But what does being like Jesus involve? We have to ask ourselves those, uh, those follow-up questions. What does that involve? It doesn't involve you saying, okay, I'll be like Jesus when it's easy. You know, what does it involve? We often want to be like Jesus in victory. 
you know, we want to be that overcoming. I mean, hey, who doesn't want to make the, 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 the last shot of the game? You know, who doesn't want to make that 40-foot putt? You know, who doesn't want to do that? But uh, we often want to be like him in victory, but not in suffering. We don't want to suffer like Jesus. We want to be victorious like Jesus. Uh, Jesus' victory always came during and after suffering. It's both, during and after suffering. And so you and I must, must arm ourselves to, to be like Jesus in suffering. How did he suffer? Yeah, he suffered patiently, and he depended on God the Father. And that's how we must do when we don't know what to do. And if you tell me, well, I always know what to do, Pastor. I know you don't know what you think you know. Because we, 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 we must endure suffering. And then from the suffering, at the end of the suffering, there's always an, an, uh, an exaltation, you know, where we praise God for what he has done for us. Jesus lived a life totally dedicated to the will of the, of the Father. And I think sometimes we fail there because we have been told that you, you've got to be practical. What's more practical than practicing what God told us? <laughs> I mean, come on, let me ask you that. What is more practical? And so when people say to me, well, you've got to be practical, I know that somebody was saying there sometimes you have to revert back to the carnal. You have to revert back to the secular. You have to revert back to intellect and not the Holy Spirit. So there is a practicality for believers that is different than a practicality for the world. So you and I must live a life totally dedicated to the will of the Father as Jesus. He walked in lockstep with the Father's will. He, He was on time always with the Father's will. Jesus never lived life solely for himself. And there's some of us who say, well, I want to live, I want something for me now. But Jesus never lived a life solely for himself. He lived for the will of God. Jesus lived for the will of God. And so uh, if you want to be like Jesus, you have to live for the will of God. You have to forget about yourself. Remember that song says, forget about yourself, concentrate on him and worship. So, So what is our responsibility? Forget about yourself, concentrate on him and worship. Yeah, worship, worship. So how, you say, how do you do that in difficult times? You do that by forgetting about yourself and remembering what God has spoken. And because this is one thing that you know um, uh, concerning impossibilities, it's impossible for God to lie. Uh, I I remember what uh, Bishop uh, Benson Idahosa said one time. He said in his strong, thick accent, he says, if God says, you are a monkey, don't worry, you are a monkey. I, I, I love that. I say, whoa, he is right. Why did he say that? Because it's impossible for God to lie. So when God says you are who he says you are, you are that. And so you need to stop believing things to the contrary. The will of God, you must always be, always be mindful of, that, of the fact that the will of God took Jesus to the cross. So why should the will of God not take you to the cross? You want, I know, I know, you want the will of God to take you to Sunday morning. 
Yeah, the will of God took you to Sunday because, because Jesus was on the cross, on, as it were, uh, on Friday or some said on, on Thursday evening. But he was there on Friday and, uh, or Thursday evening, whichever is your point. He was there until after mid, after uh, sometime Saturday night, which was um, the Sabbath. Uh, Saturday was the Sabbath, but then sometime after 6 o'clock, Jesus rose from the grave. Sometime after that, he rose from the grave. And so uh, it's safe to say that on Sunday morning, there was a great victory that had never been before. But remember, there was agony on the cross. And so when you go through your agony, why? Because Jesus is going to be your victory on the other side of the agony. So, so how does one, thank you, let's give Jesus a good hand. So, so how does one, how does one live for the will of God? How does that happen? One does so by yielding himself or herself to daily death. We, we don't like dying. We do everything to prevent it. Uh, there's so much on the internet to prevent you from dying. <laughs> I was reading it, everything. Everybody's got a solution. Everybody has a formula. Oh, they told you not to eat oats, let me tell you. Uh, they told you to eat oats, and, but let me tell you, you don't eat oats. They told you not to eat white bread, but you want white bread now. I mean, I'm reading everything on it. Okay, you can have this po potion. Don't, hey, Big Pharma is cheating you. Big, don't follow Big Pharma. But now by my solution, <laughs> we will keep you from dying, you know, and everybody's going to die. So, but, so the, it, it's in the human uh, genes and the human faculty uh, to not yield ourselves to daily death. But, but Paul says, I die daily. I die every day. And I'm finding that the closer we get to Jesus Christ, the more we have to die daily. You know, I, I, I somehow thought that maybe if we got close to Jesus, it would be just a cakewalk. But no, it seems like more stuff is hitting us. Why? Because you're a greater threat to the devil. Amen. You're a greater threat to the devil when you do that. So, um, Paul says, I die daily, and I, I conclude that we must live every day dying to ourselves, but not only to ourselves, but to the will of others. Sometimes people will, will impress their will upon you, and, and if you're weak, you'll allow them to. Sometimes you can watch television, and, and the thought of the day for the nation or the world will impress upon you, and if you're not careful, you'll believe a lie rather than the truth. But why? Because you have to die to your own inclinations. Amen. And that's how you do that. So you die to your own, own will, your own inclinations, your own wants, your own desires, your own perspectives. And if you still have the same perspectives you had way, way back when you didn't know the Lord, you haven't died. And so you can't be like Jesus unless you die to yourself. Jesus lived his entire life for the will of another. Can you imagine that? I've lived a bunch of hours and days and months, but I've not lived my entire life for the will of another, and I regret that. I, I would sometimes, God, I would that I had never been a sinner. But Jesus did live his life for the will of another. Have you ever considered that your point of view may not be correct? Have you ever thought about that? That you're, when you look at the grand scheme of things, sometimes your perspective and your point of view that you are, you're willing to die for may not be correct. 
You have to, have, you have to do that. You can't, you, you make, one will make relationships really hard when they act like everything they say and do is right. You make it really hard for the people in relationship with you, though you are blind to it. Have you ever stopped and asked the Lord, what do you want, Lord? <laughs> Whatever the situation is. What do, what do you want, Lord? Jesus lived this kind of life every day. Asking, Father, what, what is your will? The amazing thing about God is that God, God brought, sent Jesus into the world to, to save the world. This amazing gift. He sent him into the world to save the world. But did, but did not allow him, as it were, to live a life of omniscience, knowing everything. Did not allow him to live a, a life of, of uh, omnipotence, being all-powerful. He did not live him, let him live a life of being omnipresent everywhere. This is so amazing. And so Jesus had to walk by constant communion with God the Father. You and I must walk. By constant communion with God the Father through Jesus Christ. That's how that looks. That's how that looks. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a hand. Can I be like Jesus is not just a philosophical question. Can I be like Jesus is not just a philosophical question. It is a life-determining question. It's not just philosophical, it's life-determining. Have you ever noticed that sometimes, much of the time, as believers, we, we want um, the world to be different while we remain the same? And we're the ones who have the power to be different and to bring change. We want everything out there to be different because we told them they should be different while we remain the same. Being like Jesus it's not just a philosophical question. This question directs all that, that we do, all that one does. Can I be like Jesus? It should direct us. It should direct all that one does, uh, how we conduct our life. Our Christian deportment is a reflection of every decision we make. Have you noticed that? Our Christian deportment, the way we conduct our lives as, Christian, as Christians, is a reflection of decisions we make. Many of us want to be like Jesus, but without suffering, without saying, not my will, but yours be done. Or, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, or I commit my body and soul. We, have, we must be like Jesus. And I, I'm saying these things because more and more I realize that the ends of the age have come upon us. You say, well, well DGL, are, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that we have come to, to, as it were, the end of things. Oh, it may take another five years. It may take another 10 years. It may take even 20 years, but the end is very near. Uh, it is because of all of the, uh, the groupings of these things that are coming. And when I see things happening in the world, I go to Scripture and I say, I determine the current events by the Word of God, not by whose television channel I'm watching. I go to the Scripture. I've been going to the Scripture over and over and over. And I've been staying in Ezekiel a lot, at Ezekiel 38 and 39, where he talks about Gog and Magog. And I've been in Zechariah. I've been in, in Daniel. 
I've been in Revelation. I'm checking the whole thing out, the whole body of Scripture. Because we, we, we act like sometimes, yeah, it's close, but it's far off. Oh, we've got a lot of time. I don't think so. I don't think so. And, and those who are not saved don't have much time. So can I be like Jesus? Yes. Why and how? Because I now have his spirit living within this human body. And his spirit must direct every one of my actions. Yes, I can be like Jesus. This time period in our salvific history, or I often say salvation history, because who knows what salvific is. But in our salvific history, uh, this time period, I believe, is pivotal. And when I talk about salvific, I'm just saying that which leads to salvation. Uh, having uh, the intent of the power to save or redeem, it means uh, that we are redeemed. This is our history, uh, re this history of redemption, our history of, of uh, being delivered from the power of sin, our history of being saved, walking with Jesus. So, I know I've not read my scripture yet, and some of you are wondering, well, when is he going to preach? <laughs> Just enjoy the Lord. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, uh, that, that statement I just made reminded me of, of a guy I was watching one time watching basketball. I've always enjoyed sports, and I was watching basketball, and, and uh, this young high school player was very cocky. He was a cocky little thing, and, uh, and he was really good, but he was sure cocky. And, and it was about five, 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 six, but he was the best player on the floor. He, he was bigger than the Giants, and he was dribbling that ball, and and somebody called him by his name. I won't call his name because it may be one of your relatives. <laughs> and uh, they said, hey, so-and-so. He said, he said, you stop being cocky. He said, shut up and cheer for us, you know. And so, yeah, and so I, 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 it was funny, but it was arrogant too. So I don't want you to say, well, when is he going to preach? Oh, be quiet and enjoy the Lord. <laughs> Do you want to be like Jesus in his glory while rejecting the inglorious? Jesus was often insulted. Uh, he was often insulted. The inglorious is as much a part of who Jesus is as the glorious. And, and the same with you. Remember his visit to Nazareth? His former neighbors tried to kill him. Just for quoting their scriptures. The scriptures they said th that were theirs. He quoted them and they wanted to kill him. Sometimes you'll be put in that predicament. John chapter 1 verse 11 says, and I like, I'm going to quote the ESV. It says, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. And I've often said, let's stop trying to impress our own people our own race, our own ethnic group. Let's, let's, let's be impressive to God. Can I be like Jesus? Jesus says in Luke 6, 40, a disciple is not above his teacher. A disciple is not above his teacher. What does that mean? That means that Jesus suffered, you will too. We're suffering in all kinds of ways. You know, we suffer because we have the right position. We suffer because we are believers. 
We suffer because we're kind and nice. We, cut, we suffer because we want to make the marriage work while we, we're working with somebody who doesn't want to work. You know, we're all suffering something. We may be suffering because our children have gone astray and we didn't teach them that way. We're, we're concerned about them. We're all suffering. So let's walk through it. Um, Jesus says, the disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. You can be like Jesus. You can be like Jesus. So the disciple is, comes from a Greek word, machetes. Machetes, it means a learner. So you and I are in our learning positions. It means a pupil, a student, a disciple. And you're not above your teacher. You will never be above your teacher. My pastor used to say to us, he said, God will never allow you to be above your teacher. He says, if you for some reason have grown past your teacher, your pastor, he says, God will always move you. But what we do is, while we're still babes, we move ourselves. Above. Hooper. Over. Over. In place. Above. Beyond. Superior to. More than. You will never be that. And, and if you think that is the case, then you're deceived. So, yes, I can be like Jesus, but I must stay under. Jesus was always under the Father. He was always yielding to the Father. And he says, the one who's perfectly trained. What does that mean? It, it means the person who is thoroughly trained, the person who has been fit, that is made to fit something, has been framed, has been joined together with the Lord, a person who has been prepared, a person who has been restored, they are not who they were. So Jesus tells us, sons of God, the world does not know us. And so what, if I want to be like Jesus, what must I be willing to do? I must be willing to be misunderstood. I must be willing to be misunderstood. And can I tell you that's a tough one? I know I'm looking at people who are not willing to be misunderstood. You know why? Because you try to explain everything. You know, hey, hey, look at me. I've always wanted to explain. Have you ever heard these words, you're being defensive? Have you ever said those words? You're being defensive. I said, no, I'm not being defensive. I just want to explain it. Sometimes explaining can be defensive. And sometimes explaining can mean that the other person is defensive. But, but we want to explain. So this is what I'm saying is, can we be like Jesus? You can't explain everything. Just live this life before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Why do I say this again and again and again in some way, uh, different ways, different ways? Because this is the time. This is a pivotal time for those of us who have faith. This is pivotal. We need to show the world who we are and not jump. You know, I've been praying for you, the U, uh, Ukraine and the Ukrainians. I've been praying and praying and praying and for other places as well. I've been praying. I'm not praying God kill Russians. Some of us pray like that. We pray hurt on people. I'm not praying God kill Russians. I am saying, Lord, send hell uh, storms, send rain, cause uh, Vladimir Putin to run and go back to Russia. I pray like that. I can't pray, Lord, kill them. Are you with me? I know some of you have probably been tempted. I'm looking at your faces. You're tempted to pray like that. Lord, get them. I'll repent later, you know. 
Listen to 1 John. My time has just slipped away 57 seconds ago. Let's go a little bit longer. 1 John chapter 3, and then we'll, we'll quit. John writes in 1 John chapter 3, one of my favorite verses. Anybody like you like John uh, chapter 3 uh, verse 1? I love it. It says, behold what manner, what sort of love the Father has bestowed, granted, given to us that we should be called. You know, I like that. It's not ought to be called. You should be called children of God. That, that is, technon, that you have been produced by God. Is that big or big? You know, you have been produced by God. I physically have been produced by my mom and my dad. They produce something. So God says, that's not good enough. That that person cannot stand before me. I'm going to cause that guy, that person, and you too, to be born again. And so God then caused us to be born again by, his, by the death of his son and the Holy Spirit. Through the death of his son, Jesus now was able and is able to make, cause us to be born again. For if we believe that God uh, so loved us that he gave his only begotten son, that we will not perish but have everlasting life. The Holy Spirit comes in and we are born again. We're born of the Spirit of God. Not a natural birth, but the Spirit of God. That's huge. And so if we're born of the Spirit of God, we cannot be like we used to be. Because we are believers now. He said we're called children of God. We're produced by God. We're produced by God. We are different than the peoples of the world. We are different. I've been saying that for 36 years. Does anybody believe that? We're different. It doesn't mean that you may have, you know, if you've ever looked at a diamond, I've got one of those power loops and I, those, those things, and the, the, the jewelers look, and I looked out one one day and I looked, man, that was really interesting. Uh, all that beautiful diamond, I couldn't see every, anything with my naked eye, but I got that thing and there was little, some little black spots in there. I said, ah, oh, it came from coal. And so there's some, I think they call those inclusions. Is that right? Okay. And so I saw some in there. Every, every now and then, one of those things might act up. But overall, you're the diamond. And when that thing acts up, comes to the fore, then God removes that. Then you should yield that thing to God. And so now the next time uh, that loop is used and you look at that thing, oh, that one's gone. There may be another one there. But when you give it to God, it will be gone too. And this is what God, that's the Christian life. That's what the Christian life is like. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a Now, now, now he says, Behold what men of love the Father has bestowed upon us. We should be called children of God. Therefore, wow, therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. And this is what God is saying. I will give you the rest of this at some juncture. But God is saying, you ought to stop trying to impress the world. He's saying, you just come out of it. Don't worry about the world, what the world says. Don't take your orders from the world. I don't take orders from the world. You say, well, you got a boss in the world. That's not what I'm saying. I always do what my bosses want. I've always been that kind of an employee. I want to do more than what they wanted. I always wanted to work so that my boss would never 
fear never worried when I was on the job. And I would say they didn't. Because they knew if it took 24 hours to do the job, I stayed up 28. That's who I was. But we don't treat Jesus that way. This is what I'm saying to you. Don't listen to the world or its chatter. And I'll talk about this at some later juncture. When you read the Bible, every time Israel was deceived, it was because they didn't listen to God. They listened to the world. They listened, and the world, this is how the world got them. It got them through religious practices. They had sticks and stones, and Israel had a living God, portrayed the living God for sticks and stones. Que lastima. Put a pity. Put a shame. And then they got them through politics. And I'm reading the scripture this year, and I said, oh, The devil hasn't changed his tactics. You know why? Because they work. How is it that if your dog comes out and bites me when I come to visit you, and I go to you the next time, you say, oh, he won't bite. I've talked to him about it. (laughs) No. I'm staying in my car. So that dog is incarcerated. Or I'll go back home. I'm saying this is pivotal time for us. When I was a boy, he sang this song, and I know Brother James, I'm six minutes old. But there was a song we used to sing, Don't Let It Be Said Too Late. Too late. Don't let that be said. I love you very, very much. I've been a little stern here this morning. But I love you. And I'll be back in a minute.